The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Code of conduct. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. God made me punch in the accurate numbers. My castle won't crumble. What I tackle will fumble. I've been a leader when they ain't see it, but now my feet is up. According to me, royalty didn't end with king touch. Crown on my head, clouds is at my legs. Big says sky is the limit. I look down on the ledge. I push the bar like I'm opening the cell. Hands in my cookie jar, you won't come out with a single nail. I need all of mine. The weight of my shoulders won't fit on a scale. What's a king to a giant? Well, Goliath fell. Even if we playing chess, dog, this king can't be checked. I make all my moves on the board. I invented my step. Uh-huh. I'm a king, the blood of a ruler. I feel like Mansa Musa. Musa. Make your squad disappear like landing by the Bermuda. Triangle, look at it from my angle. I'm a king, the closest thing to being one of God's angels. Yeah. I'm a king. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. Work. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Shout out to Hooli, man. Shout out to Hooli. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is the Code of Conduct with the King podcast. I am your host, Jay Spence the King, and you are listening to this on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, presented by Picasso Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's, we are Buffalo Pizza, shipping local and nationwide. Order online at PicassoPizza.net. What is going on, Bills fans? What is up? Y'all know what time it is. Y'all know what time it is. It's that week. But before we get into the big boys on the block that for some reason we haven't been able to beat in the playoffs, I got my man Pete Sweeney joining me from Arrowhead Pride. He is um, one of the best beat reporters for the Kansas City Chiefs, so he's going to be joining me. We're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about what the Bills have to do to win. We're going to talk about the Chiefs game plan because I think it's going to be different this year than it was last year. I don't think they, I don't think they have um, the same type of ability to go toe-to-toe with the Bills this year as they were able to in January. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about that. But, look, the Buffalo Bills just did something super impressive. Uh, listen. Everybody who was at the game, everybody, really, just anybody who watched the game, you all know how exciting Sunday was. Um, the Buffalo Bills destroyed, absolutely destroyed the Pittsburgh Steelers in a in a blowout at home. Josh Allen looked incredible. He had 
a full game in the first half. He really could have sat out the second half. He came back in through a, for another hundred something yards. Just incredible. Incredible. Um, I'm a little disappointed that Sean McDermott didn't allow him to go out there and throw for another 40 yards or whatever, just to get the record that was set, I believe by Drew Bledsoe back in 2002 or 2001 or whatever the, the timing was. But I'm a little disappointed in that. I, I do wish that, you know, we would give when we, we should, if fans knew that the record was that close, I feel like somebody on the team should know. And I understand keeping your guys healthy. Trust me. I don't, I don't want Josh to be out there being reckless and getting injured when we have the game clearly won, but there's something to be said about moments like this when you're that close to a record and it's in reach. I could see if it was like the end of the game and we were up and it was the, the thing was we were up and it was going into the fourth quarter, but the way they were moving that ball, you could have put Josh out there when we, when we got it on the 25 or wherever we got it, let Josh drive it halfway down the field, then put case in, you know, I, I just think it's important when, when we get these records or when we get these close to these records, let's do it. Let's do it. But that's beside the point. I'm going to talk briefly before I bring my guy Pete in. I can't, I've been waiting for this. Um, I know Josh said that he forgot it was Pittsburgh. I mean, he forgot it was Casey or he didn't know it was Casey week. Hurt the guy or hand the guy or whatever he said. I don't believe him. We all had this game circled. So we're going to talk to Pete. Listen, Khalil Shakir is a star. Khalil Shakir is a star. Not a star in the making. He's a rookie. But when he gets the opportunity, he shows up. He shows up big time. He had a, a good kick return. He made some good, smart decisions on special teams. When he's when his number is called on the offense, the dude is the dude is lights out. The dude is lights out. So prove me wrong when it comes to Khalil Shakir being a star. I said a couple of weeks ago, he's going to be Josh Allen's or one of Josh Allen's favorite targets for a long time. And that's scary to say when you figure Stefan Diggs is going to be Josh Allen's favorite target for a long time. And Gabriel Davis is going to be on this team. It's not going to be in two years. Somebody said to me yesterday, the question is going to be, can Brandon Bean keep him, keep Gabriel Davis? And yes. Offensively, we're going to keep these guys. Gabriel Davis is that dude. Stefan Diggs is that dude. We already got him locked up for some time. We're, we're going to have this, this core of receivers together. And what, what's so wonderful about it, Coming into the season, there was a fear that, at least by me, there was a fear that we would see significant drop-off at the slot position because of Cole Beasley. He's not here. So I thought we would see drop-off. We did. Early on, there were a lot of fans, you know, during a game, uh, Cole would have made that catch. Cole would have did that. Cole would have caught that. But yet and still, everybody seems to hate Cole. But whatever. Cole would have caught that catch. Now, after the injuries, First of all, I hope Jamison Crowder is, is doing well, and I hope that he gets better. I hope to see Isaiah McKenzie active this week. I think that's important. Hopefully that happens. But between the two of it, or be between those two guys being out, that gave Khalil Shakir and Isaiah Hodgins opportunities. And what Khalil Shakir has done with his opportunities, he's shown that not only did you do a good job at drafting me, not only did other teams make a mistake by letting me fall to where I fell to in the draft, but guess what? I'm a dangerous weapon that can be used in the, in the screen game. I'm a dangerous weapon that can be used in special teams. I'm a dangerous weapon that can be used however you need to use me with a quarterback like Josh Allen. Yes. Yes, thank you very much. We'll take that, <laughs> and we'll keep that. Thank you. And then all, 
Can we talk about how Leslie Frazier should have a head coaching job? I know he's like the assistant head coach slash defensive coordinator here. So he has, you know, he's a bit more than just a defensive coordinator here. But I'm going to tell you what, as much as I love Brian Dable, he's doing a phenomenal job. Shout out to Brian Dable out there and uh, with the Giants doing a great job. Also four and one. I'm rooting for him. They're, they're NFC, so I don't feel bad, at, you know, bad about doing that. I'm rooting for him. But Leslie Frazier, last year we had the number one defense. This year, coming into this game, we have the number two defense. There's a lot of year to be played, and we're getting healthy. Jordan hasn't played two games. Mike has been out for three games. Last week, Tremaine was out. We've had so many injuries. We still haven't had Trey White. Benford is out still with his hand. Jordan Phillips has been out with a hamstring and all this stuff. When we get healthy, that two, I could very easily see that two jump into a one and by a, like, by a landslide. By a landslide. I, I don't, I don't. The part that, that's scary is that we thought we were good with the deficiencies that we had last year. We couldn't stop the run, really. We had Starla Tulele, and I was like, man, y'all need to apologize to Starla Tulele. He's plugging up the middle. He's taking on defenders. He's better than y'all giving him credit for. And he was better than what a lot of people was giving him credit for. But he wasn't this good. Jordan Phillips, when he's in there, when Ed Oliver's in there, the big boys we got up front right now, listen, it's different. It is different. And my boys are doing it. doing it there's nothing you're gonna be able to tell me about this game coming up if we get pressure on Patrick Mahomes with four that's why you signed Von Miller but Leslie Frazier was a part of that Leslie Fra yeah we got better talent but guess what it's also his scheme because you have a rookie you have a rookie cornerback who did give up some plays this past week but giving up plays to only three points I mean are you really mad that for the first time in a season Kyer Elam has given up some yards. I know he was. Kyer wasn't happy about that. He was trying to figure out how to make it better. But is anybody really upset? Who's upset that we gave up yards and only three points? He's been shut down for the rest of the season. You have Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer out for certain games. Jaquan Johnson and, and DeMar Hamlin are not. There's no drop off. And I say that with respect because Jordan Poyer is leading the league in interceptions. Only like he's missed 40% of the games. I, I forget exactly where I saw that it typed out that way. But somebody on Twitter said it exactly that way. And it, it, it's like, the crap. Yeah. He missed 40% of the games and he's leading the league in interceptions. So when I say there's no drop off, I don't mean that Jaquan Johnson and, and Hamlin are, are playing on all pro levels like all pro po. But what I do mean is they're not, they not losing games for us. They're, they're holding teams offensively they're not they're not coming out dominating us we didn't even have Tremaine last week and Matt Milano was a freaking are you kidding me are you kidding me Matt this dude was everywhere flying everywhere hitting everybody I love it I love it just just sickening and I'm and, and I, I know I mentioned Vaughn I'm so happy he's a Bill I'm so happy he's a Buffalo Bill the way the way the way we're able to rush four guys and not have to blitz consistently to get pressure on the quarterback. It's everything. It's everything. That's how you win. 
That's how you win in the playoffs. That's how you win a Super Bowl. I'm not I'm not going to go too far and jump off the edge here and say, oh, I'm not jumping off the cliff to say we're winning the Super Bowl for sure. What I'm saying is now, more so than any year, we have every ingredient to be that Super Bowl team. When you have a quarterback that can throw a 98-yard touchdown on the two-yard line on the first drive of the game effortlessly with wins that the other team couldn't deal with, when you have that, and then you combine this type of defense, getting healthy. And Ken Dorsey. Again, I love Brian Dayball. I'm rooting for him out there in, in Jersey. But Ken Dorsey. He got, too, he got too much. He got way more attention for his tantrum after that loss to Miami than I think he's getting for the amazing job that he's doing with this offense. He is doing wonders with this offense. Wonders. I remember everybody, not even content creators, everybody complaining, we don't have a screen game. We damn sure do now. I think we're one of the, the top four teams in the league when it comes to efficiency on screen plays. We damn sure have a screen game now. We've turned into a completely different offense. Yeah, you look at the Kansas City game and we like the divisional round, we go blow for blow with those guys and we're we're just throwing bombs. Now, guess what? We can we can hit you, we can score fast. And Josh has learned to be methodical. He's being smart. I know he has four interceptions, whatever. Really, I see two. One went through Knox's hands, one went through McKenzie's hands. Both of them popped up in the air, fell into the defender's hands. Those should have been catches. Okay, let's move on. Josh is taking care of the ball, and he's learning, okay, if it's not down the field, I'm going to go ahead and dump this to, to Singletary, which is why Singletary has so many receiving yards this year. He's been an outlet. If James Cook didn't drop as many balls as he did, he would have a ton of yak this year. There's been a couple plays that I remember one specifically in Baltimore where he dropped it and there was nobody, nobody close to him, at least for 15 yards. He, James Cook is about to be that. Dude. I just want you all to know he's warming up. Motor is number. He, he's RB one. I do want to give him more snaps, handoff snaps, give him snaps. But motor. Motor got got that rookie breathing down his neck and I love Zach Moss. I love Zach Moss, but for some reason, he's just not putting it together this year the way I would like for him to put it together. Um, I think he has the talent. I think he has. I don't I don't know. The offensive line has improved. Motor is is looking efficient. We saw a 20 plus yard touchdown run by Cook. He's elusive. He made some things happen himself, but he hit that hole and, and made it happen. I don't know. We'll see. And I know there's a lot of talk right now about Christian McCaffrey. Listen, Greg Thompson over at Cover One broke down what it would cost the Bills this year to make that happen. And, you know, not and I'm not talking about draft picks. I'm talking about just on the cap space. It, it can work. It can work. And for that amount, yeah, that's a risk I'm willing to take. But do I think it makes sense to give up, you know, assets that I feel like Brandon Bean has traditionally done well with? 
I know we have like the Cody Ford. I don't want to call it a miss, but Cody Ford miss. We traded him away. So that's a miss. We we haven't, you know, Cody is not a Buffalo Bill. He's currently on injured reserve with the Arizona Cardinals. So that's a miss. But a second round pick is something that we've traditionally, I think we've done well with. I don't know if I just want to give one away for a half a year rental, but if it means a Super Bowl, if it means that offenses or, you know, it means that defenses can't stop your offense at all because Josh Allen is able to throw the ball down the field, then instead of your outlet being Devin Singletary, which I just praised him. But can you imagine those same outlets being to Christian McCaffrey? Jeez, man. I just, y'all pray for me. I just got excited for a moment. Y'all, y'all, y'all give me a moment. That's insane. I would take that rental for a Super Bowl. And, and guess what? I don't think all the concerns that a lot of people have about, about injuries when it comes to Christian McCaffrey, I don't have those concerns if he was on his team. Why? Because the Buffalo Bills aren't going to run him into the ground. He's not going to have 80 billion handoffs plus 50 billion receptions. It's not happening. So now when he gets the ball, there's a threat for downfield that will open it up for him underneath. And same thing is going to have an effect on Gabriel Davis and Stefan Diggs and Khalil Shakir and Isaiah McKinney. It's going to have an effect on those guys because now the defense has to worry about not only Josh in the backfield, but Christian McCaffrey. Zone read options with. Come on. That's just not fair. Now, there's conflicting reports that said the Bills have reached out. Then it says the Bills haven't reached out. Who knows what the real is? But I will tell you, if that's if that's it. Damn it. Give it to me. Pause. Give it to me. Because that that would be incredible. And then again, our defense gets healthy and you have that type of offense. Y'all got the game twisted. Y'all got it twisted. If, if, if the NFL allows that to happen. I fully expect, I fully expect, and I'm joking when I say this, but I fully expected the commissioner to block this the same way David Stern blocked the Kobe Bryant, well, not Kobe Bryant, Chris Paul going to the Lakers, because <laughs> this is just unfair. If if we get Christian McCaffrey, I am not, I'm going to be so obnoxious. I'm going to be like the guy in, in Miami who just had to, you know, we're not going, <laughs> he's talking all that stuff. Now he's on there depressed. I'm not going to be depressed though with this team. I'm going to be so obnoxious if we get, really? We're dominating. We have the, the largest point differential in the league without a real threat of a running attack outside of Josh Allen consistently. You give us somebody like Christian McCaffrey and it's lights out for the entire league. Last year, you know, or during the offseason, I wanted Cordero Patterson. He, he opted to stay in Atlanta. I wanted Cordero Patterson. No, he's not Christian McCaffrey, but I'm going to tell you what, he would have had a similar effect on this offense in the backfield with Josh. But you upgrade that thought to Christian McCaffrey. Okay, and, and one more thing before I move on. Two more things. Gabriel Davis is a beast, and he's rude, and I love the energy. I love the energy. He's showing that Josh Allen didn't lie when he said, I don't look at Gabe Davis as a wide receiver, too. Him and Diggs are 1A and 1B. Josh meant that. And guess what? It's, it's honest. It's completely honest. It's completely honest. And it's, and it's gorgeous and beautiful to watch. The connection that they have 
is just as beautiful to watch as the connection that Josh and Diggs has. I know Knox was out this past Sunday, but even Knox, the, the third down conversion in Baltimore, that's chemistry. Because when you look at the when you look at the all 22 or you look at the, the angle from behind Josh, you literally couldn't see Dawson. You couldn't see him. Josh just trusted him, threw it out there. The, the chemistry this offensive has is scary. It's scary. Buckle up, Bills fans. <laughs> it's about to go down. Listen, I'm about to bring my guy in. Before I do, I have a quick message from my man, Dan Freddy. I have to re-record this, but shout out to my man, Dan Freddy. Okay, here's the deal. I know as Bills fans, we wait all year for the fall and the winter so we can go to the Bills games. I get it. Trust me, I do. But let me tell you why this time of the year is elite. It's party time. And we're going to party for so many reasons, whether it's a graduation party, a birthday party, family reunion, or just because it's Saturday and the weather's perfect. Here's the thing. My guy, Buffalo Freddy, has everything you need to make your party the best party of the year. We have everything from chairs and tables to premium tents, water slides, wet and dry bounce houses, and so much more. And that's not all. The best barbecue catering in Western New York has you covered, whether it's a small party or a corporate gathering. Buffalo Freddy Barbecue Catering makes everything easy for you. Rentals and bookings available now at www.buffalofreddy.com or you can call 716-4-FREDDY. That's 716-437-3339. Remember, for all your party rental needs, just call 4-FREDDY. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am excited, as everybody is. This week is a huge week, and I have a special guest. He is um, the editor-in-chief and lead Kansas City Chiefs writer for Arrowhead Pride. He's a Chiefs analysis for probably 50 other organizations as well. This guy <laughs> is the boss. What is going on, Pete Sweeney? Hello. Thank you for, for having me on, on the show. I think when the schedule came out for both cities, Kansas City and Buffalo, we circled this game and for both teams to be playing pretty well, maybe the Buffalo a little bit better than the chiefs at this point, to be fair, uh, but for, for both teams to be really in a position to be at the top of the AFC, that I think that's kind of what we wanted in this game where it's mm -hmm. a pseudo playoff game. So good that we found ourselves here for sure. Yeah. You know what? You, you said it, we, we all circled this. And um, do you believe Josh Allen a couple of weeks ago, he said, heart to God or a hand to God or whatever. I didn't even know we were playing the chiefs that we, I don't believe them. And that's my guy. <laughs> no, I never believe players <laughs> when they say that. And it's such a common thing, especially when, and this is less about the rivalry and more about when a particular player is playing like a former team, they're quick to say, this is just like any other week. And it's like, you are a human being. We all right. know that this is not just a regular week. And for Buffalo, to, to be fair and to be honest, Kansas City has been that Mount Vesuvius that they have to climb, that Mount Everest that they have to climb to feel like they are in a position to get where they want to be. They, they were able to get the regular season win, um, you know, last year. But quite obviously, everyone knows what happened in the postseason. And this this look, there's no moral victories in, in football, but this would be a big deal for Buffalo to feel like, okay, not only can we beat the Chiefs, we can 
be the AFC by team, and we can finally get over the hump in the playoffs and get to a damn Super Bowl. And so I, I think this is the beginning of that. So, no, I do not believe Josh Allen, all due respect, <laughs> uh, that he's not circling this game, not looking forward to it as much as we all are. Yeah, no, I don't believe him either. And, and like I said, he's my guy. And to me, it's just it's one of those things when you look at it, it's like, look, and I've been comparing it to like in the NBA, the, the Pistons and the Bulls. Yeah. You know, it's like, look, we've been in the playoffs for the last couple of years. It's been the Chiefs, you know, whether it's the AFC championship, whether it's mm-hmm. last year in a divisional round, it's the Chiefs. So there's no way I'm going to believe Josh or anybody on either side that says, oh, no, it's another week of football. No, it's a big deal. So let's let's get into it real quick. Last night. um, your Chiefs snuck on, which is weird to even say, kind of yeah. like you came back and, and had to hold on there at the end with some good defense and caused on both sides. I feel that probably were egregious. I think um, obviously the obviously the call that the call that everybody's upset about Chris Jones. Yeah, um, that, that was ridiculous. But let, let's get a quick recap of the game. Get your feelings and thoughts on that. Well, to be to be honest here, the Chiefs came out and, and laid an egg. They were playing pretty poorly uh, at the beginning of this football game. They got to a, a 17 to nothing deficit and they were out of, out of rhythm. It it had the makings of this trap game feel. Not that the Bills know anything about that when you just roll over uh, Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Steelers that, you, that you're supposed to do. But it did have that trap game feel of maybe the Chiefs were looking forward to hosting the Buffalo Bills next week and in a, in a way looking past the Las Vegas Raiders. The, the Chiefs are usually pretty successful with the rest of the league, but the AFC West t- tends to come in similar to what we just spoke about with the Bills of, of wanting to finally beat the, the Chiefs. The Chiefs have won a division for so many years in a row. And the Raiders came in, and I thought they had a really good plan. They were bringing an offensive lineman, mm-hmm. uh, an extra one on the line of scrimmage all night. That allowed Josh Jacobs to have the best yardage game of his career with 154 yards. They were testing the Chiefs' young cornerbacks with – Devonte Adams and uh, Adams was having his way uh, a little bit early on in this game for a long touchdown and you blinked and and again it was it was 17 nothing because the Chiefs were not able to score to counteract the the Raiders early on because they were bringing four and with a, an offensive lineman they were they were missing their right guard Trey Smith so Nick Allegretti went in there and they were really struggling with Max Crosby Patrick Mahomes was not comfortable they couldn't get the run game going so on and so forth. Finally, Patrick Mahomes challenges the offensive line. He said that after the game, and they started to play a little bit better, creating some run lanes, giving Patrick Mahomes some protection. The Chiefs are able to to cut the lead to, I believe at that point it was um, 20 to 7 or, or 17 7, something to, to that nature. And then toward the end of the second quarter, and in a key part of the game, the Chiefs were down by 10 at this point, mm-hmm. where we saw the play that everyone is talking about at the water coolers and on texts today where you saw Chris Jones get Derek Carr and it should have been a strip sack. Uh, and it, and it wasn't, it was a roughing the passer and another egregious call similar to the one that we saw with Grady Jarrett and Tom Brady mm-hmm. uh, 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 in, in Sunday's games. And what's weird about this play, and, and this is what makes, I think, this game in particular so unique and probably one I'll never forget being at Arrowhead Stadium, is it looked like this play was going to screw the Chiefs and the Raiders ended up getting a field goal and they were able to take what was a 20-10 a to 10 lead uh, into halftime. And I think what it instead 
did is it lit a fire under the crowd and the crowd was nuts. I mean, mm-hmm. it, I, I had put a tweet out on, on, on Twitter asking folks who were at the game to let me know if that was the loudest that they've ever heard Arrowhead. And a lot of people, and I, I saw this as a commonality, some said no, but a lot more said yes. And it hasn't been that loud since the Chiefs were winning the AFC title game against the Titans, if you remember that. So wow, that yeah. was probably very, uh, a very loud environment. Lo and behold, lights of fire. What, what was impressive to me is the Chiefs fans booed for 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. There was a halftime break, which is like you go to the bathroom, you get food, you talk on the phone, you maybe get a couple beers, whatever like that. And then they came back in the third quarter and they were still upset. They were still <laughs> booing. And I think the referees were feeling under so much pressure that it began to like a, a, a stretch where they were almost making up with a lot of calls going the Chiefs way. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not I'm not sure the Chiefs get as many calls as they did in the third quarter. If the fans aren't going that crazy, you could tell that Andy Reid was fired up. You can tell that Patrick Mahomes was fired up. The offensive line played a lot better in the in the second half. And then the key part for the Chiefs in this game was they were able to get down the field without using Travis Kelsey. Everyone's talking about the four touchdowns by Kelsey, but he didn't have a lot of yardage in this game. It was the supplemental yardage of guys like Marquez Valdez-Scantling, McCole Hardman, and Juju Smith-Schuster sprinkled in a little bit there. They were able to get down the field, and then Kelsey was able to score these four touchdowns, which he's never done before, uh, in the red zone. The Raiders stayed with it. They they were able to stay in the game. They had a questionable two-point conversion call. I don't know why you're trying to – go up by one with four minutes left in the game. Uh, Not that I'm like an analytics expert. Didn't make any sense. And the Chiefs defense, who I believe had an up-and-down night because Josh Jacobs and and Devontae Adams got theirs. They got one final chance to stop the Raiders from getting into field goal range. And Daniel Carlson, the kicker, was was kicking pretty well. Uh, And the Chiefs were able to, to, to get that stand. And the last play of the game for the Raiders is Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro running into each other, which was uh, for he's, a lot of Chiefs fans, chef's kiss. Yeah. And uh, that was, that was the end of the game. What I would tell you, and this is from a, a Chiefs Buffalo perspective, as we eye this next game is if the Chiefs start slow, like they did uh, against the Raiders, they are not going to beat the Buffalo bill. So if I'm, if I'm in that coach's room this week, I, you know, I'm, that's my message. It's like, we got, mm-hmm. we got to play better from snap one, on this is not the Raiders this is the Buffalo Bills the other elite team in the conference you know what though it's interesting I know so I think up until the Baltimore game we scored I think for eight consecutive weeks on our first drive and so we typically that sounds like a hot start but then when I really go back and I look at it I kind of feel like the Bills have an issue as well with starting slow like they'll score that first drive but then for the first half they've gone into the half either tied at 10 with I forget which game but I think it was like um the Titans game we were tied at 10 or um opening week it was 17 you know it was like it was just a close thing where it was right. like it wasn't a full game of explosiveness I'm looking forward to now obviously we did it this past week with Pittsburgh but that's I think you have to you have to provide context and we understand that Pittsburgh isn't with respect to everybody there Pittsburgh isn't the Chiefs they aren't um you know they aren't what we thought the Rams were either, you know, so it's one of those things where it's like, look, we need to put together a full game, just like you're saying about the chiefs. We can't come out slow either. So uh, let's, let's get into it. It's like nine months later now, (laughs) almost a full nine months later. And like you said, everybody circled this when the schedule came out. I know I did. Everybody I know did. The last two minutes of that game was probably the most incredible offensive football I've seen in my life. And, and that's saying something because we've seen games, you know, we've seen the incredible or the, the 
the show on the greatest show on turf. We've seen years of Peyton Manning with this offense, and we've seen you know like we've seen some things. Mm-hmm. What do you expect from this matchup, just offensively, really quickly between Josh and and Patrick Mahomes? I think this is going to be one for the ages. Yeah, you know, I go back to that two minutes with the the Chiefs and the Bills, and because the Chiefs don't have Tyreek Hill, like Tyreek Hill was a big part of the Mm -hmm. Chiefs hanging in there, and because they they don't have him, I don't know if the Chiefs could go blow for blow like that with the game on the line in the final two minutes anymore because. Nicole Hardman is fast, but you know he's just not Tyree Killers. Nobody liked Tyree Kill, and so I, you lose that weapon. And and I I think for the Chiefs, it, they got to be real with themselves and, and understand that they got to play a more complete game and and win it over the four quarters instead of being in this wild two minute melee where it's blow for blow. And we know about there being less than twenty seconds on the clock, and the the Chiefs finding somehow to have this mind meld between Kelsey and Mahomes to to get him down the seam and get a field goal and we know about the coin coin toys and, and yada yada i just think i think it's it's a different team uh for for kansas city and i think that if you, you know you talk about pass catcher firepower like i'm looking at the bill side with with gabe davis doing what he did against pittsburgh steelers and you know you still have stefan Diggs there and i'm i'm wondering you know who does have the the better receiving unit in a sense when it comes to weapons and, and i I think it it's it's a point where I think the the Buffalo Bills are in a better position right now to hit home runs, and I just don't know if the Chiefs have that necessarily anymore. Doesn't mean they're going to need it, but I, I think if it came down to a situation, the Bills would be in much better shape in in those two minutes to score fast if they needed to, as opposed to Kansas City, and and that's where it's different. You pluck out Tyreek Hill, and I, I think it changes the dynamic of these two teams. But I think the Chiefs know that. I think they're really learning how to be a little bit more methodical and win offensively a little bit differently. The, the big thing that stands out to me is, you know, if you're looking for a positive there, as I think the, the Kansas city defense this year feels a little bit better than last year's. And mm-hmm. so maybe Buffalo won't, won't be able to hang 36 where they, they were last year and, and we'll see, but we're, we're expecting the Kansas city chiefs to get Trent McDuffie back in this game, the, the rookie cornerback, he played about 20 good snaps against Arizona and then the Arizona turf kicked up and we haven't seen him Mm -hmm. since. So in a very small sample size, he looked pretty good, but um, it it would be a boost there because one of their cornerbacks Rashad Fenton has been struggling. If I'm Steve Spagnuolo and McDuffie is available this week, I'm playing LeJerry Sneed, who is a very underrated player nationally when it comes to cornerbacks and slot cornerback. And then you might have two rookies on the outside in a first rounder in Trent McDuffie and then a rookie seventh rounder in Jalen Watson, who, you know, the Chiefs drafted him on day three with raw tra- traits, and he was the next man up over a fourth rounder when McDuffie went down. And, and he's played some pretty good ball, I'd say, even better than the veteran and, and Fenton. So we'll see what they do there. But I just think largely the defense feels a little bit better than it did in that last time around. So the Chiefs might be in, in better position overall. I, I, I'm not sure if they could win if this turns into a shootout. Real quick, you mentioned Tyreek Hill. I was one of the guys that over the summer, like when the trade happened, I'm like, yeah. look, I'm like, Tariq Hill is going to miss Patrick Mahomes more than Patrick Mahomes miss Tariq. Like I was I was pounding the table. And surprisingly, um, I, I, obviously, I do feel like, you know, he probably there are moments that I still feel like he misses playing mm-hmm. with Patrick Mahomes. He, he's been he's had an impressive year. But I, I don't think he can 
and I'm not saying this to wish injury on anybody, but I don't think he can make it a full year playing as physical as he's had to play with the balls that have been thrown his way. But at the same time, he's among the league leader. I think he actually is a league leader in, in receiving yards right now. And um, he, he's had an impressive season. And to your point, I, man, I thought like Juju, I really thought Juju was going to um, not be to kill, you know, but I thought coming from Pittsburgh, having been as his quarterback, no arm, no shoulder anymore at the end of his career. Right. I thought going into Kansas City, Juju was going to be a dangerous weapon that everybody had to be worried about. And now it, he's just been underwhelming. You know, what What are your thoughts on, A, you know, the Chiefs really do seem to miss Tariq Hill more than Tariq Hill misses them. And then, B, um, I know it's not a replacement, but what what is the what seems to be the issue from your perspective with Juju Smith fitting into this um, Smith Schuster, I'm sorry, fitting into this offense. Yeah, I think, I think we we did think that, and I, I would agree with you. I I agreed with that point where I thought Tyree Kill was going to miss Patrick Mahomes. I, he certainly missed him this week. As Skylar Thompson had to play yeah. most most <laughs> of the game um, with the the injury to Teddy Bridgewater. I actually think Teddy Bridgewater. This is besides the point, but I think Teddy Bridgewater is a better fit for Tyreek than Tua is. Maybe Tua is like slightly more accurate, but I I feel like Bridgewater offers you a, a nice nicer deep ball and a better chance to make the most of hill downfield which he we know he likes to do anyway lo and behold i i think they both miss each other um I th- and and that was probably what we all should have been saying <laughs> we're like you know i i think tyreek talks and he talks and talks and talks and because he does that we want to just write off the insane skill that he has sometimes mm-hmm. and it, it, it makes you want to forget that but it's impossible to forget because you've been seen in miami when they came back against the Baltimore Ravens, you know, a lot of that is just the insane speed of Waddle and Hill. And yep. those two guys are among the fastest in the league. And they're set up to make comebacks like that. Whereas there's not a lot of teams that, that are able to do that. And, you know, you have the chiefs and they didn't really replace him with necessarily like a speedster. You can make the case for Marquez Valdez Scantling, but Marquez Valdez Scantling had that 40 time in, in green Bay and it, didn't necessarily translate to these wild deep balls and, and deep plays. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the difference between a Hill and an MVS who have similar 40 times is almost okay. Maybe they can reach similar speeds 40 wise, but Tyree kill can reach that speed in like half the time. And that's what makes mm-hmm. him special. Like he can go zero to 60 and, and nobody has that skill. And so, Mahomes has, has missed that. And so you have MBS, who is a deep threat, but is it the same deep threat? Absolutely not. And then Juju, who is supposed to be, you know, your number two guy behind Travis Kelsey. He's been he's been good. He hasn't been great, but it's a possession slot receiver. It's not this speed guy who's going to hit a home run. So the Chiefs are just having to change their identity a little bit. And mm-hmm. I think they're fortunate that they didn't have to play the Bills until week six because they've been able to figure it out a little bit like even this last game against the las vegas raiders who are beating them up they are are understanding like even if when we're down 17 we can't be going for these wild deep balls like we're the legion of zoom anymore you're not mm-hmm. you're different you're a different team you, you got to win differently and like i said juju's been good marquez has been good i thought last night was a breakthrough when it came to production beyond travis kelsey Nicole Hardman just got over a heel injury and he probably had one of the better games of his career when it comes to just pure value and, and being an outlet for Patrick Mahomes. And so you hope that they can, can build again on that against Buffalo. I, I think where Buffalo has an advantage offensively is they know who they are. Whereas I think this version of the chiefs is still figuring it out a little bit and, and 
look, when you're figuring it out and you can be four and one, a lot of that has to do with Andy Reid. But I, I really think that's the case because, and you know, this, these are two teams that are, are not looking to just make the playoffs. They're looking to be a Super Bowl contender. So the bar yeah. is just higher. So, yeah, they're four and one. They're beating teams. But are they Super Bowl offense right now? I, you know, I, I think the jury is still out and they're figuring it out how to make the most of the players that they have. So coming into this game, um, I have another question about the Chiefs. But first, I, I do want to kind of highlight something about the Bills that I think is incredible. Yeah. So um, coming into this week, the Bills have given up the least amount of points on defense and they've scored the most on offense. And again, I know a, a game like that against um, the Titans and obviously a game like that against the Steelers will help that average and help those numbers. But I mean, they're NFL teams and that's what happened. So defensively, I know you mentioned that the Chiefs are better. I feel like the Bills, in a weird way, were better than the number one defense that we had coming into the playoff game. Because I do feel like last year it was a little bit skewed, and I, Bills fans hate when I say this, but I feel like last year when um, you play who's in front of you, but we we really got an opportunity to go against guys, um, second and third string quarterbacks last year. Not every week, but you know we had David Mills' first start in Buffalo as a Texan, and you know he had I don't even remember the stats but it was like ridiculous it, it just wasn't fair and then right. you know you also throw in that game against the the Patriots with, where the windstorm was going on and I think Mac Jones threw the ball three times you know so when you're looking at those stats and then you look overall like oh passing wise we're the best in the league I think it was a bit skewed because rushing defense was horrible now I think the Buffalo Bills defensive line has been beefed up been ramped up we've been getting to the quarterback without having to send the blitz and we've been able to, you know, drop seven in coverage at, at important times to where I think this year that might again, I'm saying this with respect to Patrick Mahomes, because I know who he is. Like last night on Twitter, Bill's fans are like, no, nope, our defense is better. We're blowing them out. And I'm like, yeah, they still have that guy. <laughs> they have that other guy. Like, I know we got Josh, but they got the other guy. And right. I always think that it's like your team is going to have a chance regardless because you have Mahomes throwing to Kelsey. So, but with that being said, with the improved defense and then with the smaller, whatever size step back on offense, you think the Chiefs have taken losing to Rekill, um, does that does that concern or is that a thought really when it comes to the analysis of this game? Like, hey, the Bills are actually even better on defense, too. Well, I, I think it, it's a small point and, you know, I think the casual fans will notice it as much, but the Chiefs missed Trey Smith last night against Max Crosby. Yeah. They really did. And Chandler Jones had his way with Orlando Brown a, a bit. And so you look at Greg Rousseau and, and, and Von Miller, and it's a little bit daunting, you know, especially if Wiley on the right tackle. Like Wiley is probably the weakest part of the Chiefs offensive line. And then when you have a backup next to him, it, it just opens things up for what is that right side of the offensive line? And then what would be the left side of the, the Chiefs defensive line? And I think the Bills are smart. Uh, you know, we get all these head coaches that are like hot head coaches in the league right now. Dable, for example, it, it feels like is very hot. Andy Reid always gets credit. Bill Belichick countless times will get credit. And, you know, we know about McVay and what he, that make anyone that touches McVay and Shanahan. And I just like don't think McDermott gets a ton of credit for, for being a pretty damn good head coach and consistently winning. It's really hard to win consistently in the NFL and the, and the bills have completely turned it around and flipped the script on the Patriots. And I, mm -hmm. you know, I know that Tom Brady went to 
to Tampa, but even still, no one was writing off the Patriots just because Tom Brady went to Tampa yeah. because they had the mastermind of Bill Belichick. Well, McDermott has, has been wiping the floor with his ass for a couple of years, and I don't think he, he gets enough credit. And what I, I bring that up is to say he's going to know that the Bills can't blitz because nobody can blitz Patrick Mahomes and feel like that's a, a good game plan to to win. And and you saw teams do it earlier in the year. Believe the Cardinals blitz a lot and just got smoked. And you mm-hmm. need to get pressure without blitzing. And and I think the the Bills are, are in a position to to do that. And when they made the Miller signing, I'm like, this is not a signing to win the <laughs> AFC East. This is a signing to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And Absolutely. you know, I I think that the Chiefs offensive line has slow started. They played a terrible game against Indy. They needed to to get a fire lit under them to play well against Tampa. Last night they started slow and Patrick Mahomes said after the game that he had to challenge them again and they got to be ready. They got to be ready here and maybe the Chiefs end up taking a page out of the the Raiders uh, book and and bring an extra offensive lineman. I mean I I could see even that if they're trying to get the run game going and you know those heavy sets. Um, it, it's it's tough because the 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 secret sauce of trying to compete with the, the Kansas City Chiefs has been no blitzing and pressuring Mahomes, and the Bills are certainly in a position to do that. I, I, you're right about the game plan too, because we saw it so clearly with the Raiders last night. But I just don't think the Bills, I don't think they're interested in. I hope they are, because I've been saying for a while, like give Singletary the ball, let's let this guy be be RB one. Right. I don't, I don't think that's going to be the game plan. I, I think thought you they, guys had, had Christian McCaffrey. Did I, I read that wrong? <laughs> no, <laughs> I think everybody wants him, but, <laughs> but it's one of those things. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, yeah. okay, first of all, the talent is there. Obviously, the the, right. the cap space this year is not horrible at all. I think it would only cost the it would cost the bills less than a million dollars. So it you know I get that, but you know giving up a second round pick or well actually multiple picks it's like a second. I heard a fourth and something you know. I just don't think it's worth it when Brandon Bean has done such a good job building this roster yeah. with draft picks. I, yeah, yeah. You know, but um, but yeah, I just don't think the Bills they've they've found a way to kind of you know replace the run game with short passes to Diggs and to. Um, you know, to, to really, it's a bunch. Of, it reminds me of old Patriots, where you know Brady was throwing it to Edelman or throwing it to right. you know whoever in the slot, and it was like those quick five yard gains that turns into nine yard gains, and then they methodically go down the field. But then they also have the capability to throw a night, which is crazy to me still. Like I know you're used to it because you've had Mahomes for years, but man, like a 98 yard touchdown this past Sunday. But I think we're all still in Buffalo, just like what is happening <laughs> so but i know I don't, I don't have you for too much longer so let's let's um kind of look at at just what you think the keys to victory for both teams are this weekend i think it's going to be a fun matchup and you know so first let's look at it from the bills perspective if if you're looking at the buffalo bills coming in the arrowhead this weekend what do the bills have to do both offensively and defensively really to to come out on top and then let's flip the question and, and same thing with the chiefs I think the the thing I was saying is, is you know dropping guys in the coverage and getting pressure without blitzing. I think that's such a key defensively for Buffalo. And if they're able to get that cooking early, and especially get to Mahomes and hit him, and you know get him away from from the pocket. I mean, sometimes Mahomes can can throw in the run, so maybe you have a spy. Maybe you're playing a little bit more contained. But I just think making him uncomfortable. Uh, and and not allowing him to to get you on those gashes that he, he sometimes is able to to get, um, and then all the while while you're doing that, if you can make the Chiefs punt early, it's the offense 
cooking and taking advantage of matchups where like you saw last night, all of a sudden Devontae Adams is on a seventh round rookie or a veteran mm-hmm. player in a Rashad Fenton out, outside. If it is Fenton out there who is maybe matched up with Diggs one-on-one and, you know, Steve Spagnuolo has decided to leave him one-on-one. I mean, even though sometimes that, that does not work against guys like Jamar Chase, but I don't know if we always realize that. Um, and and just taking advantage of those matchups and you know josh allen is is wise beyond his years in in that sense like i don't look at josh allen as this young quarterback i look at him as one of the smarter quarterbacks in in the nfl i mean maybe he's not as good at patrick Mahomes at at golf but i think he's right there when it comes to like the smart the the smarts there Mm -hmm. and so you know i think those are the keys for for buffalo and i think it's being balanced as well you know and you you kind of alluded to that. I, I think both teams that that that's key. I think sometimes the chiefs can get away from the run and they need to just keep pounding it because um, you know, you need to punish these teams for dropping what would be like an eight, eight men back in coverage. Not to say the bills would do that. Man. Sorry to cut you off there. Look, you, I, I always say his name wrong, so I'm not going to try it, but you're rookie running back. I, yeah. I think, I mean, I, I obviously I get it. He's a rookie. And then you have, um, you know, you have Clyde there and you have I understand. But like every time I see this rookie get the ball, man, I just feel like he jumps off the screen and he can he, Isaiah Pacheco on, you know, uh, seven. I'm going to get it right. Pacheco. Yeah, seven, but, you know, the way that the Chiefs have kind of worked this running back room, like last night was a McKinnon night. I really, you know, it's maddening to people who love fantasy football, especially if, if you took Clyde. Edwards was the last Sorry about that. But it, but uh, it's. It, you know, they're going to ride the hot hand. Like last night, McKinnon all of a sudden was, you know, playing well. And and Pacheco does have the raw traits, but they're really working with him on being patient and understanding vision and, and trying to set up blocks. So it, it's cutting into his playing time a, a little bit. But I, th- I think that's the difference with, with this year's Chiefs. And, you know, flipping to that side of it, as I mentioned, mentioned the Buffalo side, I, I think it's playing a balanced game and being honest with who you are. Without Tyree Kill, it might be fair to say Buffalo is in a better position to have offensive firepower, right? Mm-hmm. So be honest. Maybe you have to play a little bit of this ball control game at home. Like maybe you're able to win the toss, defer and get a stop and get a lead and understand that you're going to have the ball coming to you in the second half. And maybe bleeding out with a longer drive is better than hitting an MBS down the field and trying to get greedy and, and taking those low percentage shots. Uh, so that to me is key. And then uh, on defense for, for the Chiefs, I, I think we're starting to realize like the Chiefs are going to get got by the Bills' top receiver. And so I, I think Diggs will probably have a game. You know, it might be Diggs or Davis, but one of these guys can get you, but you can't let them both get you. So you got to have a plan mm-hmm. and to take one of these guys out of the game um, just so you can manage it. And then, you know, I, I think the rest is, you know, stopping the run and the chiefs have been pretty they weren't good last night but the other games the other four games they were pretty good at at stopping the run and you know no offense to singletary josh jacobs i think he's been waiting in in the wings to to have like a resurgence here i don't know what gruden and basachi were doing with this guy um i don't think singletary is, is is as talented so it's just rallying to the ball making sure they don't get gash on the ground you know make these you know basic football and make tough third and third and eights as opposed to third and twos for josh allen like Mm -hmm. make josh allen think about um running the football like he likes to do and and i think also being smart about that um the fact that he can do that i i I watch these bills games 
And, um, you know, I, I want to scream at the TV sometimes, not that I'm rooting against the bills, but like I, you want to scream at the stream at the TV sometimes like it's so clear that you got to have a spy on Allen because he loves to just take the first down. He's really smart about that. Like mm-hmm. it's not working out with the guys downfield. I'm just going to run for this first down. So I think it's being wary uh, of that defensively for the Chiefs. And then again, being methodical and balanced on offense and and playing that that possession game, I, I think will be key for Kansas City. It's it. You know, you you might have been able to used to play, as we said at the beginning, in the final two minutes where you can go blow for blow, touchdown for mm-hmm. touchdown with the bill. I don't think you can do that anymore. You got to win it over 60 as opposed to two. Well, let's let's go ahead and get on out of here, man. Uh, this has been great for me. Um, if you're comfortable, give me a, a quick prediction what you think will happen and then let everybody know where they can find your content and uh, what you got going on this week. I know it's a huge week. We're all going to be super busy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if you want our side of it, I, I'm sure we'll be exchanging questions with, with five questions with the enemy. Tom Childs, one of our writers, does a, a great job with that. But if you, you want other coverage from our side, we'll be covering all the press conferences, all the injury reports, all the happenings in Kansas City. I provide injury notes on the Chiefs side every day at ArrowheadPride.com, along with other articles and you know things they're saying about each team. Pretty easy to find. You can hit our podcast channel if you want some of the, the Chiefs-themed podcasts to, to get that side. But um, we're excited uh, about this game. I can't remember the last time the Kansas City Chiefs were a home dog. That might be an article that I have to write today. Yeah. Like, it has been a long time since the team came in Arrowhead Stadium and was favored to win. Um, I, I believe right now, as we speak here, um, recording, it is two and a half. Um, I, I like the Chiefs at home with the points. I mean, if you're if you're a betting person, if they're going to give Kansas City points. Uh, and Patrick Mahomes points at, at home. But, I mean, this could be one of these you know, 28, 27 games that, that could go either way. I think it's incredibly hard to predict. Um, a little early in the week for me to make my prediction, but, you know, I, I guess I would have to go Kansas City uh, and maybe Kansas City by a last-second field goal. I, I think that's the game we're all hoping for, right, like a 31 to 28 well-fought football game. So I'll, I'll roll with that. Uh, it's a very tentative uh, 31-28 in favor of the Chiefs, but uh, these teams are are the best in the AFC. Um, and I think the thing that Chiefs fans and Bills fans can agree upon is like it would be not only great to have this game, but to meet in the AFC title game where both of these teams truly belong. And so hopefully it's just a preview of that. Yeah, and I think that's what Bills fans want. I'm sure that's what Chiefs fans want. Like, you know, look, let's let's it's a collision course. I, I keep comparing it to the Pistons and Bulls. We got it. Like, this is where it goes. You get to the playoffs and it has to happen in the you know, playoffs. The season doesn't count. <laughs> one final point. And, and it's like the Chiefs and Bills might very well meet in the AFC title game. And this game might mean the difference between it being Buffalo oh, and Kansas Bills. City, mm-hmm. which means, which may mean, you know, it this game by proxy determining the winner of that game. And so that's where it becomes so important because, it, you know, these teams aren't playing for the division anymore. They're playing to, to go to the Super Bowl at the stage. Well, in my, so, and we're getting out of here now, but um, that's the reason why I'm taking the Bills. Not because of, I, I don't think that the Chiefs are a worse team. I, honestly, I think these are the two most evenly matched teams over the last couple of years that really anybody could ask for. And we saw that in the in the game last year in the divisional round. I think the Bills are, are, just hungry and they want that home field advantage so hey good luck this week man uh not too much luck because obviously i want to beat you guys but uh we're gonna get on out of here everybody y'all know how we do it over here at buffalo rumblings we want to make sure we love each other take care of each other and live in peace as always stay positive test negative go bills code of conduct